video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you uh, want to watch. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we talk about this week's new releases on Blu-ray and DVD. DVD Woo. video. <laughs> yep. Fox. For Fox. TV I remember video. my stepmom being like, why does it look better in the commercials <laughs> on VHS? <laughs> yep. So, first off, we have a long-in-the-making release of Roger Corman's Bucket of Blood. And you may be going, wait, hasn't it been released like a thousand times because it's in the public domain? Yes. Yes. It's even been on Blu-ray before. This is the best version you're going to get. It's from Olive Films. It was made in conjunction with Dick Miller and his family and the people who wrote his biography on him, if you haven't read, is amazing. And um, great commentary. The best picture you ever get in widescreen is a film that's always in full screen. Exactly. Yeah. The previous releases, even the previous Blu-ray release Mm -hmm. was pretty crappy. And it's Uh, from Olive film is it signature yeah so is it's a- part of their signature collection yeah. which they started up a couple years ago to like kind of compete with Criterion because Olive's never been no. n- well known for putting features on their Blu-rays yeah you so. probably pay like $35 yeah. for just the movie, the movie. <laughs> and it looks good but oh it's looks like, great and they have some interesting stuff but until the signature line they weren't really putting features on it but these things yeah are and really then suddenly they're like oh remember you bought uh, Orson yeah. Welles Macbeth well you're gonna yeah, buy it again know, right? suckers <laughs> and I I did, <laughs> but I would pick it up because these go out of print really they fast. Do, yeah, and then Olive has no I don't reason. Know what the deal is with Olive anymore? It seems like they barely release. Like this is their first new release in like ages, a couple yeah. months. Honestly, I thought they had kind of gone defunct as a company. Until they <laughs> Maybe they're this, being but... like folded into a different company Maybe, or something yeah. like that. Because Criterion's still around. Criterion's like buying Olive. I know, right? <laughs> they're putting out ah uh, the old standards: Charlie Chaplin, of The course, Circus. Of course, The Circus is really fun though. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not even a Chaplin. Chaplin aficionado. Oh, you're not? You're no. like, a Chaplin, no, not for I, me. I like what I've seen. I just don't. It's one of those guys that I never really. What about Buster Keaton? Most to his Harold same Lloyd? Thing. No, just silent. Comedy. What? I was just never. Uh, you got to check out your I know, store. I has know, like the general. Not, there's yep, a whole yeah. like silent Keaton box that is being put it's out shameful. recently. It's, sh- it's my private shame. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm but glad I've that we can air your circus, And I love the circus. Have you seen Local Hero? I've not seen Oh, that's a great movie. Also being put out by Criterion. Yes. I don't think I love it as much as everybody does like I've heard people like Mark Kermode of the BBC is like oh it's my favorite movie of all time so it's It's nice that it's finally getting a proper release yeah I have to say like since I've started working here it's probably been the most popular rental really people love local hair it's been out of print for a while but the DVD Mm -hmm. like the old DVD rents like crazy and now you're and now you're like "Ah, our our money our money stream we're at the closest (laughs) door (laughs) we're already blowing through them though too these criterions oh no that's bad because they're out in the wild now people will be renting them left and right oh no (laughs) so Arrow uh, Video is putting out Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 Um, have these not had single releases since the box set yeah so it's kind of been strange what happened since the box set went out of print the first one came out about a year ago mm. in a steelbook edition uh, steelbooks steelbooks <laughs> um and we have that, and that's mm-hmm. a good addition. It's yeah. kind of the same disc they had in the uh, in the box set, which had one, two, and three. Um, these two, I think, are just repackages, a okay. bit cheaper of yeah. those two films. Well, unfortunately, if, the third one, I guess, it's probably a rights issue. I think uh, the third one's I, the best. I know, one, I love though. the third one. Ah, uh, yeah, we're Hellraiser yeah. three, Hell on Earth um, stands. Uh, Hellraiser three. I mean, I did a marathon with my friends where we I, took I a dice this, yeah. and we rolled it, and whatever number it was, we'd have to watch that. 
that Hellraiser film. I think there's nine of them. And if yeah. you hit the same number or you um, got a number that isn't a Hellraiser film, so I guess 10, <laughs> you would have a punishment. So we'd have to watch, like, the Michael Jackson Halloween special. <laughs> or we'd have to watch, what were the other, like, just terrible things? Oh, remember there was a Rupert Pumpkin Halloween special? Oh God, it was yeah. a year for those. <laughs> and it was actually great, but what we learned is, Pinhead is the lamest horror villain of them all. <laughs> From the first one, he's like, nobody escapes the Cenobites. Yeah. And then the hero's like, what about my uncle? Okay, maybe, <laughs> theoretically, if he escaped, how would he have done that? <laughs> he gets fooled by a hologram in Hellraiser 4. Yeah. And number two, Hellraiser 3 is great. Yeah, it's, Hellraiser 3 is the best. Essentially yeah. a little shop of horrors. <laughs> and the Cenobites are like killing people left and oh right. Oh, God, it's so nice. They're yes, like I Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're throwing CDs around yeah, as well. heads it's up. Like, oh, well, they're not throwing CDs. No, they're, they're CD head. CD head. Who yeah, shoots CDs out of his mouth. <laughs> sorry, and camera sorry, head. For, yeah, camera head was the best. Yeah, look at yeah. your tattoo where you have all the Cenobites listed out. <laughs> yeah, you can keep track of them. Super 90s. Yeah. All my favorite Cenobites. Pinhead. Butterball. Chatterer, uh, female Cenobite, <laughs> yeah. which is actually her official title. I Terrible. Know, I know. So bad. Well, I'm glad these are out. I have yeah. the box set, of course. I know. Uh, the box set's really great. But if you missed that. You guys uh, don't still have one, do you? You had a box. We did. We sold tons of them, but they took it officially out of print. So. Oh, really? Do you burn them? You like throw them on a box? Yeah, I don't know. It's like you got to troll eBay for these things mm -hmm. now. So. I mean, these probably have the Doc Leviathan Wakes on them, which yeah, is a really yeah. great Doc as well. So, yeah, they're still nice to have if you miss that. I so. mean, speaking of uh, great part twos, the Hills Have Eyes part two. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Wes Craven one. Yeah, and Arrow, yeah not the remake. No. Hills Have Eyes part two. Arrow put out a beautiful box set like they did yeah. for the first one. This is definitely are like we have the rights for it so i guess we'll put it out yeah hills advice 2 is famous for the dog from the first one having a flashback okay. which is one of the rare times a dog, <laughs> a dog has a flashback <laughs> in a movie uh it has its fans but its fans are also like hmm it's better than you think it is yeah, it's one of those kind of uh, yeah i think wes craven even his worst movies always have something interesting about them because he did approach some very like theoretically like what can mm. i do different here yeah. and the hills have eyes too is like that as well and i mean if you have this good a special edition this one suckers like me are like oh i guess i'll get it like yeah. all these special features and the first one that arrow put out did go out of print so that mm -hmm. didn't last that long so yeah. if you are interested <laughs> you're I mean, like well i got the second one i guess I <laughs> yeah do you you meet collectors who are like, well, I can't get this second one because I don't have the first one. Uh, not so much. No, or they wouldn't really. say I it. Feel it's like a secret if chain. they're a hardcore collector, they'll have they, they would have the it. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't miss these things. Because I've actually talked myself out of buying stuff by going, well, I don't have the director's other yeah, film, okay. so why would I own that one? And it's very easy to just keep walking. Yeah, that never <laughs> seems to come up. You know? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, because no. it's, it's all done silently yeah, in the exactly. aisles of Bay Street Video. <laughs> uh, Arrow's put out another film this week, and a really weird one I actually had never heard about, called In the Aftermath, mm -hmm. and it. Notable and I guess kind of infamous for taking footage of Mamuro Oshi's, uh, the guy who made Ghost in the Shell, one of his earlier animes, Angel Egg, and mixing in footage shot by a Roger Corman uh, alumni. Yeah. And this was way before like anime was big in any way. Yep. So this was like their answer of, okay, we have the rights to this movie. How can we put it out? Yeah. Um, it's kind of fascinating that uh, Arrow is putting this yeah, specific it's film out. Because it came out on DVD maybe like five 
five years ago from Code Red. Mm, um, right, you know, Code Red. Code Red yeah. <laughs> we haven't uh, talked about them. You, know, you know, do get releases of them they uh, every still now and then. Some things, yeah, yep. yeah, not, nothing recently. But uh, yeah, they put it out. And nobody touched it. Like, nobody, nobody touched it? it. Nobody bought it. Like, no, and it had a really cool cover. Like, oh. I'd never heard of it before either. So I don't know where. I think Arrow had the rights in the UK, so mm. yeah, they've managed to like wrestle it away. Has anybody bought the new Blu-ray? Not yet. Not no, yet. Okay. In, so and it looks great, though. Yeah. Um, You'd say aftermath in the title. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Wait. That just gave me a, a, a idea of what I want to recommend. Shh, don't spoil it. I'll save it for the end of the podcast. Now keep people in suspense. Okay, it's like okay. Hitchcock. You yeah. lay the seeds. <laughs> Um, so other releases from Paramount, uh, which I don't think we've mentioned before. No, so I mean we don't really cover a lot of studio stuff, I mm. guess, on this podcast. No, not no, really. There's there's some Paramount's actually got a few things out this week. Yeah, twentieth celebrating some anniversaries this special week. Special anniversaries. Anniversary. I'm not a guy to go into anniversaries. Nah, I'm like, either, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so arbitrary. it's the fourth anniversary of Toy Story <laughs> <Yeah>. Three. <laughs> it's like, yay! Sure. But they're putting out Galaxy Quest, amazing movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen oh, it, check classic. it out. Still holds it's up. In a steel book. <laughs> No! <laughs> They're called steelbooks, but they dent so easily, and it scratches on the front. <laughs> I mean, uh, not if you take good care of them, I yeah, guess. come on now. Hey, I have a steelbook of... treating your steelbooks with care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the care they deserve. And they're also putting out uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, which I really love. I honestly. love Sleepy like, Hollow. It's, it's, I, I have to say it's the last good Tim Burton film. Movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about these steelbooks as well is they're very... Um... Well, this one's not a steelbook, actually. Oh, it's Sleepy not? Sleepy Hollow is like <gasps> One of those digibooks. Book. Yeah, yes. it's like it's classic, you know. And that one is very reasonably priced if you don't have yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah. It's one that I think that people are aware of, like the movie, yeah, and they haven't watched it in a while. Watch it again. It's great. It Super violent. Up, yeah. Uh, essentially black and white. Um, unfortunately, it stars Johnny Depp, but he gives but honestly, a very fun he's performance. Per- he's perfect yeah. in it. Yeah, a Weasley like um, Nevish performance oh my in God, it. Yeah. Christopher Walken just chewing it oh, up. Oh, Christopher Walken. Where did that Tim Burton go? That's the thing. I feel like that really, once the 90s died with mm. Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton just never made anything quite as good again. So, Shout Factory um, has a bunch of classic films, Going My Way, yep. which stars uh, Bing Crosby, directed by Leo McCary, mm-hmm. uh, Great Waldo Pepper. The forgotten George Rory Hill, Robert yeah. Redford. Uh, I, I guess this is going to be a little more popular. <laughs> Nobody is interested in this one so far. The Great Waldo Pepper is definitely one where I'm like, I've heard that title. Yeah, what is it? It was actually fairly popular. Was it on DVD? Like it huh. sold, like just in a basic DVD. Yeah. The Blu-ray, even if that though it's a Shout Select title, mm-hmm. it's got nothing on. Oh, it's got nothing on. They've been doing that more. You can't nothing call it Shout Select. It. I thought it was going to be loaded. We yeah. got it in. You turn it over, and it's literally like one line, like theatrical trailer. It's like something. no special oh, features. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if people want to see the movie yeah. in a decent transfer pick it up yeah i mean it's great yeah. was right in the title how can you ju- argue exactly. with that Come on now. uh paramount has put out the stand yeah. the tv series it's been a long time coming i know yes. fans of it have been it wanting appe- a better release of this it film. appeared on like a box set as just the episodes yep. but it didn't include all the special features that were on the original dvd version which i remember were flipper discs they were flipper discs yeah and the stand is directed by mick garris um i mean you've talked <laughs> about mick garris before yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stephen king dude who i really like as a person yeah yeah and i think the stand is one of his strongest films definitely under sleepwalkers which is amazing sleepwalkers is the best i am a huge fan of sleepwalkers <laughs> and the stand is like it's a pretty 
like decent adaptation of an impossible to adapt yeah, source material right. done for or TV. TV. Yeah. At Which time. at the time, I think it was the like highest rated show yeah. ever when it played. Yeah, I would say it's possibly his most loved mm-hmm. series adaptation yeah. I think and now it's got a new transfer the commentaries are on it I think there's like yeah. a few special features as well I mean the commentary spans I think it's like six hours or yeah. something like that the whole show <laughs> oh yeah and Stephen King's on the commentary I track know, too right? I yeah. remember listening to it um, when I was a kid <laughs> it was one of the few DVDs my friend was able to lend me nice he- so <laughs> Your friend. That's... My friend. I mean, Stephen King's a cool Stephen guy. Stephen cool. Yeah, yeah he yeah, is. No, I, He's I a guy Stephen that, like, King. he could just not write anymore, no. and he can't. And he, he just cannot. Can't stop he can't stop. Even though that... I don't even know what the quality is for his books. Um, like, later books. I haven't read a new book of his. I, w- one of the ones that I loved was Revival, and oh, people okay. didn't like I did. it. I heard some interesting things. Yeah, it's that. a very okay. Lovecraftian. Okay, which and, I love. And yeah. uh, the ending is probably, like, the epilogue, the best part, which no one has ever said about a Stephen King. Okay. Uh, book ever. I mean, especially the stand. Woof! Yeah, and they yeah. recreate that ending in the TV miniseries through computer effects. 90s uh, computer. Yeah, 90s yeah. computer effects. And, you know, his newer ones, like The Outsider, it has the same problem I have with most Stephen King novels. I love all the stuff before the horror starts. Yeah. But once the horror starts, she gets bogged down in, like, description. He's not very good with action yeah. and or describing stuff. And he likes his characters too much, so nobody dies. Yeah. So there's, like, no risk. Like, I don't know if you read Doctor Sleep. I haven't yet. Which no, had the same problem. Or, Excited yeah. for the Mike Flanagan movie. Yeah, I'm intrigued. So uh, Warner Archives is uh, releasing yep. a bunch of stuff this year. The Letter, which I think is a silent film. No, I was doing no, research. I had so much difficulty finding any information well, about it. A, there, I think there no, was it's a, the Betty Davis, like the right. film noir with Betty Davis. That's right. Um, where she plays some heiress in, um, I want to say China, mm. um, who is basically, she kills somebody in her house and it becomes like she goes on trial for it. Like okay. what happened. It's yeah. It's kind of like what's going on here. And at the end, the letter is a deuce ex machina that yeah, ends it exactly. all up. Ah, spoiler. Uh, sorry. Yes. Sorry guys. All right. We've, it's been like how many years now? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a great movie though. And is it? Betty, yeah. Yeah. Betty Davis is excellent in it. I'm questioning you. I'm like, is it a great I, I mean, movie? I like Betty Davis. So. <laughs> oh, well, you no, gotta, it's if, always been, it's always been a popular one though. Mm-hmm. And it's been hard to get on uh, Blu-ray. I think mm. there was like this limited, TCM Blu-ray Ooh, that they sold like those directly TCM to Blu-rays, site. yeah. Um, but now, yeah, Warner Archives put it out. So. And Warner Archives also put out um, the setup, which is a great yeah. Um, noir. Uh, yeah, it is a noir boxing yeah, film. Not, yeah, directed by Robert Wise, um, which is a favorite of people like William Friedkin and Martin Scorsese. And they put it over the commentary track, which has like Martin Scorsese on it and a whole bunch of people like film academics just talking yeah. about the movie and why it works so well. I mean, the setup, if you just need to be sold on it, it takes place essentially in real time where um, a boxer like throws a match and tries to avoid um, the consequences of that action. So yeah. I would definitely recommend that one. And also my favorite year. Yeah, which I've never seen. No? I, this is another one, like, local hero, I feel Yeah, like. the like drunk Peter O'Toole film. Yeah. was really pot. Like, again, always rents for us, mm-hmm. finally on Blu-ray. I've actually never seen it, though. Well, now it's on Blu-ray. Yeah, you can check I'll, it out. <laughs> you lowered your voice. Really you're like, I don't want to let people know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if they're, like, yeah. quoting my favorite year to me, and you're like, mm, yes, of course. Of course I love that film. <laughs> yeah, it's my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> I always forget the new releases when I'm talking about stuff. So let's jump back into yeah. the, into those. Um, we have Combat Obscura by Oscilloscope, which is a documentary about a former combat videographer. Yep. Sounds classy. Yeah, basically it's kind of like about 
you know, I feel like there were a bunch of these kind of documentaries around like the mid two thousands, like mm-hmm. Gunner Palace and stuff. Yeah, to like look at at like how what the war was like for these kids, like it be mm-hmm. there, like fly on the wall kind of thing. And this seems to be kind of a throwback to that. I've heard really good things about it, but it's about the filmmaker was just like an eighteen year old kid who joined the army and was hired to be was basically his job was to be their videographer yeah and then when he came back he kind of assembled the footage in a way that was not what the army would have wanted (laughs) yeah it was more of like this is what's going on yeah what is actually happening and is bad uh please 18 year old is great with putting out these like really cool Mm. smaller oh i love oscilloscope yeah yeah. Uh, don't join the army kids yeah basically Uh, Oscilloscope is also putting out Relaxer. Yeah. Uh, did you see this one? I did, I did, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of... Uh, uh, I'm a, Buzzard? Yeah, Buzzard I love. Yeah. So what would you describe? They're not mumblecore films, are they? The post-mumblecore? I feel like they have some kind of ties to that. Mm-hmm. There's definitely like a, a more real kind of yeah. nature to them. Formalism than like yeah, more mumblecore films exactly. have. Exactly. Yeah. And they're yeah. buzzard, right? It gets stranger mm-hmm. and stranger and a little more abstract. <laughs> Until a Freddy Krueger clog. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's also a lot more bite, I find, mm. stuff. Um yeah, Buzzard's great if you haven't seen that one. It's kind of like, you but, know, the office space for, like, the millennial generation. Yeah, but we're talking about Relaxer. Stuff. But Relaxer, yeah, definitely builds off of what he was doing yeah. in Buzzard. Uh, this is the one where the guy doesn't want to get off the yeah. couch, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they describe it on the package as, like, uh, exterminating Angel by way of slacker or something <laughs> like that. Because, yeah, literally just it's this guy. And honestly, this is one of the most disgusting movies I've ever seen because this guy... Who is the same actor as that was the lead in Buzzard, mm-hmm. Joshua Burge, I think, who's who works with Joe Petrikas a lot. Yeah. Um, he is just so willing to look gross in this. He sits there <laughs> on his couch in just his underwear, puking all over himself. Oh god. Pop all over himself, like sweaty, greasy, because he's just basically he's sitting on the couch. It's it's pre-Y2K. And he's doing him and his buddy have this thing where they're where they're doing challenges. So he is challenged to like sit on the couch and beat Pac-Man, get to the legendary final level of Pac-Man and beat it without leaving the couch or he loses. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird thing. Like he even though there's nothing keeping him from getting off the couch or like just not doing the yeah. challenge, he has to sit there and do it. And so his friend leaves and then this revolving door of strange people keep coming into the apartment and having these weird, you know, mumblecore-esque conversations, I guess, with him, but as he just gets grown, and he's just begging them to bring him food. And they're just like... And then, you know, it ties, it gets to this big grand finale, which ties in Y2K and everything. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's really... Oh, wow, this sounds great. The true horror film of the season. But yeah, it's definitely disgusting. Mm. (laughs) And moving back into the cult uh, section, we have Nightwished from Unearthed Films. Yeah. I've never heard of this film before, and I looked up, and it sounds great. Two guys (laughs) go into a haunted mansion and meet Satan, alien, and a bunch of ghosts. Satan, aliens, ghosts, got it all. Souls (laughs) is what I got to say. I mean, Unearthed, uh, which is like a subsidiary of MVD, which we talked about them because they did um, all those like Jean-Claude Van Damme films and stuff like that. Yeah, they have their own label. But yeah, Unearthed is mainly known for doing really low budget, newer, uh, like no budget horror stuff. A lot of like grotty, grotty. I didn't know it was the same company. I thought they had just kind of taken the name. No, it's actually the same company. But recently they've started getting into putting out some older stuff. Stuff yeah. On Blu-ray. Oh yeah. They, um, they started with the unnameable. Or the, yes, the unnameable. Yeah, the HP Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, it is the unnameable, the unnameable on the course no, on the cover. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, which is 
Not a great movie, but you know, it's it's a cult classic. Yeah, I think a lot of people buying it are like, oh, okay. It's one of those movies where characters just walk around a house, walk a around lot. hallways for like. An I hour mean, and a half, it should. But like, the label should really be called "Unearthed," walking around <laughs> yeah, somewhere dark. Because exactly. I also watched uh, "Dark Side of the Moon" yeah, that they put out, <laughs> which is like Event Horizon. If there were no monsters and a lot more walking around dark hallways, yeah, but Satan is still in involved. The there we go. Yep, it's like God theme through here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nameable head. But these are all. Like remasters, a bunch yeah. of special features. Um, I know that Nightwish has a new 4K transfer yeah. and a commentary by the director. So yeah. I am definitely going to check this cool one out. Additions. I think it's their Unearthed Classics line, is what they call it. Unearthed so, Classics? Yeah. Uh, can you so, say yeah. that with a straight faced Unearthed? Unearthed Classics. I used to have so many Unearthed um, DVDs, like yeah. Junk, the Japanese exactly. film. Yeah, they put out a lot of Japanese Yeah, a lot of recently. German splatter films. That was like mm-hmm. Unearthed bl- uh, Bread and Butter. Well, they were putting out some of Jorg uh, Bukharit stuff, like Shram, didn't they put it? Yeah. Uh, or was that a different... Yeah, maybe maybe you think of Cult Epics. Yeah, maybe that was Cult Epics. Or, no, you know what? I think Unearthed as well. I would get them confused like Barrel Entertainment. Yeah, I know. They, Last yeah, House on the Dead End Street. And stuff, yeah, and Necromantic. Yeah. And from Satan, we move on to... Disney <laughs> put out 101 Dalmatians, Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Uh, I'm going to be uh, very surprised if this happens again, considering that they're moving uh, purely to streaming from now yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know what's going to go on with this, because obviously we all know about the Disney vault, and mm-hmm. they take their stuff out of print for five, ten years, and then put it out again, and so now everything's coming out in these signature editions, mm-hmm. is what they're calling them. You know, it was like Diamond Edition, and then Gold yeah. Edition, Platinum Edition. Signature, signature edition. edition. But I'm surprised that so. because... All this stuff is going to be available on streaming for yeah, them. Yeah. So they may just stop completely releasing these films. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> for our sake. I mean, they're definitely doing really good sales on their new stuff that mm-hmm. comes out. Like, we still sell tons of, you know, Aladdin came out a few yeah. weeks ago. We're still selling that. So I feel like. Why not just ge- put it on DVD, Disney, and Blu ray? Yeah. <laughs> just have like three guys working in an yeah. office somewhere. That's all you need. I know. I feel like they might still continue it just because, okay. especially during the Christmas season, you mm. get people still wanting to buy Disney. Yeah. Classics. It's not like. I give you a membership to Disney Plus streaming. Exactly. And you can watch whatever you want. I can't imagine they're going to phase it. I mean, who knows? Disney, anything's possible with Disney. They're pretty evil. They're pretty evil. And they don't really care about their consumers. Yeah, pigs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Come to Bay Street Video. Yeah. I hope Uh, he's not listening. Oh, no. Yeah, we won't be around next week. So, So, um, for Mongrel, a new movie, The Grizzlies. This is a Canadian film directed by Miranda Depensier. Um, which is a story about, I mean, it like, you see, have you seen the trailer for this? Have you seen the movie? I've, I it sounds like it. one that you've seen. No, I haven't seen it. But I heard a lot about it at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was a crowd pleaser, mm-hmm. right? It was. I mean, it's a little unfortunate. It is a literal white savior na- narrative yeah, with yeah, a white I've guy <laughs> going to a art community in Canada to transform the children through the power of sport, <laughs> which, I mean, I'm sure it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. It's a little bit more. Hmm, iffy now. But you know what? Yeah. Your grandparents will love it. Your grandparents will love it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to, it's kind of strange with Canada trying to reckon with, like, yeah. their indigenous population through film mm-hmm. in their big films, like with this coming on the heels of Indian Horse, which is yeah. similarly problematic because it was, like, from a white director. Yeah, that's like, the problem. Like a very white Is that, like, someone someone went, well, and, it's based on a true story. Yeah. And it's like, right. okay, but then get an indigenous director well, to make thing. it. You can't find any. Yeah. Like, I mean, that any... happened recently with Sadam McKellar, exactly, um, yeah. a movie as well. It's like, come on, guys. Like, there's yeah. indigenous filmmakers out that's there. That's the thing, and there 
there are a lot of indigenous filmmakers that I've seen films of theirs playing at Imaginative mm -hmm. or like at just getting small releases around the city. But a lot of the time, when it comes to like stuff that's telefilm funded, yeah, get get the white guy, like a white director. Yeah, there. there was another <sighs> one earlier this year called Trouble in the Garden, mm -hmm. which was like really trying to reckon with like. Um, Canada's treatment like horrible yeah. treatment towards indigenous people and again it was directed by like a white British lady who's like you can't oh. I just don't think this is your story to tell anymore. no it's not you know? like it's not the 90s anymore yeah right? it's yeah. like you can find filmmakers I mean just recently um, Blood Quantum played at TIFF mm -hmm. and that director rhymed with Young Ghouls was yeah. a telefilm one I believe I think it was yeah, yeah. I'm not you know they, they do put their money towards indigenous yeah. filmmaking and they're doing it more and more now mm -hmm. I think they actually have a fund now that they start yeah just up, indigenous is, filmmaker yeah. fund yeah which is great to see but I mean check out Rhymes with Young Ghoul a Bay Street video yeah, totally. if you do we actually want that, an indigenous so. filmmaker like a new one exactly yeah but uh, yeah, as for the Grizzlies I mean I heard it's a crowd pleaser. Yep. I'm sure it's and great. Sure I just want I remember seeing the trailer and I'm like, mm, yeah, as I was no, watching it. Exactly yeah. the kind of movie you think it's going to be, probably. Yes. This is the movie you will find at the library and be like, what's yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's also, this was so weird when I saw this, a DTV sequel to Inside Man. Oh, yeah. It's called Inside Man, <laughs> Most, Most Wanted. Wanted. <laughs> it's directed by the guy who did Silent Hill 2 yep. and Solomon Kane. Oh, who is this movie for? People thinking that they're renting you know Inside what? Man? I don't know. I mean, they do, Universal's been doing this like crazy yes. lately. They did like Backdraft 2 recently. <laughs> Who is that for? I just found out there are not one, not two, not even three, but four Jarhead movies. Can you I, believe this? Yeah, but they're not related at <laughs> no, all. No, I know. But they've put them in like a set now. Where <laughs> Have it's like, they? And it's like the first movie was an anti-war film. Yeah, though, like, and then you've made it like a Part four or three kind of has like Scott Atkins and yeah, Michael yeah, J. Yeah. White. It's, it's like, like Jarhead is, the, the Siege. Did, did you see the first film? Yeah. <laughs> Listen. For this, you know, I think it's like they're going back to their catalog mm -hmm. and saying like, you know, like what was a popular movie from like the last 10, 20 years? that we haven't really done anything with. Can we make a movie we that looks like make that? another one, you know? Like, yeah. they did it in the past, you know, when with Carlito's Way, they did that sequel to I forgot it about there. that. that? Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, there which, was a, you know, had some names in it, I guess, at least. Or the two White Noise sequels oh, that the they made. White Noise. So Universal's been doing this for a while. Yeah. This one, yeah, I mean, they rent here. That's the thing. We bring them in because they rent because it looks like an action movie. Yeah. Action stuff does well for us. Why don't they... Don't wait, do even the Nicolas Cage, all the Nicolas Cage ones oh, yeah. rent really? Really well. Action stuff does really Ooh, well, rental-wise, yeah. for, yeah. for sure. It's frustrating because I wish, and they'll never do this, like, they take a property and they give it to, like, a young, hungry director and yeah. be like, just do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Because, come on, uh, I guess technically it's Disney. Deep Rising 2, baby. Right, I'm no, right here. I'll do it. <laughs> Isn't Deep Rising big? Yep. Uh, and yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Everybody loves Deep Rising. I love How Deep dare Rising. you? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody listening to this, if you haven't seen yeah. the Treat Williams classic, Deep Rising, directed by Stephen Summers, the guy who made the mummy yep. the brendan fraser one everybody loves the mummy everybody then you will love deep rising yeah. check it out available on a very nice kino blu-ray Ooh, very so. nice um speaking of films that were uh, released around that time that didn't have a very good reception john carpenter's vampires yeah i actually kind of like, love john carpenter's vampires yeah i'm a bit neutral on it really um i mean it, what about it, ghost it of mars i love ghost of mars. <laughs> you love ghost of mars okay no, i mean <laughs> ghost of mars is terrible but yeah in a fun fun way vampires for me was a, just a little bit too mm. 
It has an amazing opening. It does. It has a great opening. Yeah. And I just felt like it lost a lot of steam. I mean, it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and watched it. So I think you'll probably I'll like it more. Appreciate it again. Yeah. Now that you have your Daniel Baldwin love. Yeah. You'll be like. You know what? I think Vampires was probably one of the first John Carpenter movies I ever saw. Wow. I just saw it when it was mm-hmm. coming out at the time. Let me just like say, he's 90s and experimenting like, with his fades yeah. like he does in Ghost of Mars. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> John Carpenter, in his later period, uh, never saw a fade he didn't love. Exactly. Just to get somebody across the room over new metal. Yeah. Oh, this is also his his beginning, his love affair with new metal and vampires. Yeah, which really continues into Ghost of Mars. <laughs> yes. Beautifully. So make it a uh, Night of Discovery by yeah. buying both John Carpenter's Vampires <laughs> and Ghost of Mars. And Ghost, just got a release. Which we have from yep. Mill Creek. Put it out on Blu-ray recently. So, you know. People like to rag on Ghost of Mars. I think it's a lot of fun. I saw it in a it's theater a fun. when uh, Chris Alexander did it at the Blore. Oh, a 35mm yes, print yeah, of Ghost of Mars. 35 mil. Yep. You can yeah, see all just, the, those sweet flash frames on screen. It's just so entertaining to me. Like every Jason Statham. of it, Jason Statham. With, with hair. hair. <laughs> Ice Cube is great. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Don't I watch the trailer really... because the last shot of the trailer is in yeah, the movie. Uh, it, it, the last shot of the movie is in the trailer. Yeah. Um, so back on the classics, we have... <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. is very funny. Uh, Quartet, which I looked and I was like, oh, are they finally putting out that Robert Altman film? Uh, the post-apocalyptic? Wait, no, Quartet. No. That's the Dustin Hoffman directed film. It's actually film. not the Dustin Hoffman directed It's not? Film. Wait, it's which one is Merchant this? It's the Merchant Ivory film. Oh, okay. The Altman film is Quintet. Quintet and, and Quartet. Quartet. There was the Dustin Hoffman okay. one with like Maggie Smith, yeah. and, which was very popular here, <laughs> as you can imagine. I, I know exactly but why. this one's also popular. Popular. It's one of the bigger Merchant Ivory films. Um, kind of just under like Room with a View. I'm like Chaplin uh, with I, you. Yeah, I haven't no, seen I, that many no. Merchant Ivory films. I talk about Merchant Ivory like I know. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a Merchant Ivory film. Yeah. So, Listen, when I'm you got a Nicolas Cage. Yeah, exactly. There's too many Nick Cage movies for me to watch. <laughs> now, if you made a Merchant Ivory film, <laughs> then you'd have an in. Then I'd have Nick Cage in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I was... But this one has uh, Isabella Johnny. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, um, and it's it's just I know it's really well loved by Merchant Ivory fans. Cohen has been getting the rights to the Merchant Ivory catalog from I believe Criterion had them, for mm. years, and they were putting out their own kind of Merchant Ivory line with their Home Vision label. And now Cohen's got them and been continually releasing them. They put out like Maurice yeah. and uh, Howard's End and a bunch of them. Um, this one is one that's been that fans have been wanting to release of for <laughs> yeah. a long time, from what I understand. Uh, Merch so. Ivory is one of those filmmaker duos that you never hear about no. anymore. Like, nobody really talks about them, right? And James Ivory's still around. Mm. And, I mean, he wrote the script for Call Me By Your Name, right? Yeah, that's like, right, that he did. big thing. But I don't think he directs much anymore, No, I don't think right? so either, yeah. Uh, oh, there's some really hair-raising anecdotes about um, uh, James Ivory, if you go uh, on the internet. There? Yeah. yeah. You just ch- check it out. Cause okay, it's... interesting. Because I saw him, actually, at the Lightbox a few years ago yeah. introducing a screening of uh, Hitchcock's Rebecca. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a pretty cool dude, actually. I, I'm sure on stage he wasn't like... And everything. like I was expecting he wasn't Abel Ferreira like, or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, I was expecting him to be really snooty, though, or something. He was actually <laughs> like a pretty down-to-earth guy. Yep. I, I don't know these behind-the-scenes stories. So Universal is putting out a documentary. This one's for the ladies. 
Yeah, yeah, which is apparently supposed to be like Magic Mike, but like a documentary. <laughs> yeah, with documentary. So, I mean, uh, there's your sales cool, pitch though. right yeah, there. Yeah, yep. it looks really cool. And they're also putting Yesterday, the yeah. Danny Boyle film, as a huge fan of the Beatles, Mark. What are your <laughs> thoughts on Yesterday? I mean, you style yourself to look like the Beatles. You think and... I style myself? No. <laughs> More like uh, Buddy Holly. How dare you, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I've actually not seen this film. I just noticed so we I have just, like matching glasses. Like bit, yeah, what nerds? Know, what nerds. <laughs> Every film guy has the same glasses. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Buddy all, Holly glasses. They all look exactly the same, people. Uh, um, I've actually not seen this film, but what? it's like such a big deal that I felt like we had to mention it. <laughs> it's such a big deal? Like, explain this. Have you seen it, though? Uh, I have not, but I know what the premise is. Explain this premise to me, right? Like, okay, so a guy so gets hit by a bus, <laughs> and he wakes up in a world where the Beatles don't exist. Yeah. And so he starts to play out his guitar Beatles songs, and people are like, what's that song? It's great. And then he becomes a star. But That's also, the plot like, of the movie. other things don't exist, too, I've been told. Yes. So there's other things that don't exist, and they yep. make jokes about that. But mm. then some things do exist and yeah. then some people do remember it too it's a real magical Otherwise. realist movie yeah, because they yeah. don't push like well what would the world look like I like know. Flanders <laughs> is in charge and it's like post-apocalyptic yeah, see that's the kind of yesterday that I want yeah it's yesterday realist thing yeah no me. thank not you I, I mean it. are you a big Danny Boyle fan um I I'm really hit or miss with him I, I mean think. he's one like, for I them one like, for him exactly and you know like Everybody loved train spotting mm. when we were kids, right? Like train spotting yeah. was the best. I loved the beach when I was younger. Well, wait, what's I, the I one? I haven't revisited any of these. Isn't films it like a simple life or uh, which is the oh, one that life he, less ordinary? Life less ordinary. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. One. That one's really fun. That That's good? like okay. after train spotting, he's like, I can do whatever yeah, I want, yeah, and there's mm -hmm. like stop motion, and it's just okay. nuts. So I would recommend that one. I like his style a mm -hmm. lot, um, and I've even liked things as recent as Steve Jobs. I actually thought it was pretty good. 127 um, hours. I did like that. Yeah. I really don't like Slumdog Millionaire, though. No. Like, I, like, well, that, I think Slumdog Millionaire, I, I think even to Danny Boyle, he's like, whoa, why is it so popular? Yeah. And I think that hurt it more than anything. I know. I just, maybe I saw it when there was too much hype yeah. at a certain point. I think that he's at his best when he can, like, experiment with the film that he's making, like yeah. 127 hours. Yeah. And stuff like Yesterday is not playing to his strengths. I feel like, yeah, it's it's more a one for them. Yeah. I, think. I would have yeah, loved to see his James Bond film, though. That's the thing, you know, because I love him doing genre stuff like mm -hmm. Sunshine. I love. Yeah, like, Sunshine is so that. good. Yeah, really, that's one of my favorites of his, and I yeah. wish he would do maybe more stuff like that. But, you know, I know a lot of people really like this film. It, it's, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people I know have seen it. And, and even if they say it's not like. Loved ones have seen it? Yeah, yeah, no. And I'm they're so, like, I love it. And like, Mark. you know what? It's really charming. And Why don't really you crap. watch it I too? Know. I'm going to have to watch this thing. <laughs> um, another new release, which is a movie that's been sitting on a shelf for years, is the remake of Jacob's Ladder. Oh my God, I know. Right? So, like, this is flabbergasting. Nobody knew it yeah, existed. I didn't even know this was a thing. And then so they just, like, I quietly it put it here. out. It's supposed yeah. to be not good. Not but good. Yeah, I was it, trying. I meant to watch it this weekend. I just never got around to it. But I think it's fascinating that like uh, like people would have been excited for a Jacob yeah. Ladder. Supposedly it tested for like years and years, okay. and it just wasn't getting any better. So I think that's why they're quietly like, okay, it's out now. Yeah. Shh, nobody talk about it. That's a shit. I yeah. mean, the first, the original Jacob Ladder yeah. was great. I'm a big fan of that. And the, I think that uh, the approach of this one is actually an African American cast yep. instead of like yeah, which just is white cool. guys. Yeah, it's Michael Ely, I think, yep. is the lead, um, who I actually like a lot. No, oh, I like um, him a lot too. He was also in The Intruder earlier this year. Which <laughs> the Dennis Quaid film. Um, but uh, yeah, it's directed by uh, David Rosenthal, I think, who's kind of like a 
He's a hack. He's yeah, a journeyman. So he's a journeyman. Journeyman is the polite way to I, call somebody I, I, a hack. I can't even remember what it is. I know he's directed similar type movies to the. the I remember story. looking when I heard that a remake was made and looking at his IMDb and being like, oh, well, that's not very exciting. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I, I'm intrigued to check it out because mm. I just I want to see how they remake something. Yeah, like Jacob's Ladder because Jacob's Ladder is such a distinct kind of I, horror film. It's not like you're just run of the mill kind of. I feel like their remake is probably very generic. Yeah, and it yeah. hits like the beats you think it's going to hit using the techniques that have become like stale yeah, by now. Exactly. And that's the thing, Jake, the original is very tied in mm-hmm. with like Vietnam War trauma yeah. and all this and I'm like, I'm wondering how they update that you know, for this, but I, I don't know. You can have your Jacob's Ladder. I'll take my fire in the sky. <laughs> okay. Which, okay. Uh, as far as like crazy hallucinogenic sequences, I think beats. Fair enough. Have you no. seen Fire in the Sky? I have still not seen Fire in oh, the Sky. It, I know. Everybody tells me I gotta watch Fire in the Sky. It's like, it's I an alien abduction film yeah. and for most of it, it's pretty a straightforward I believe it starts Robert Patrick I think so right? and a bunch of other like C-listers but right. suddenly in the middle there's an insane sequence that you feel like you know where Neo gets out of the pod in the Matrix yeah. like they ripped that off from Fire in the Sky oh, okay. which is like what happened on the ship okay. when the guy and it's insane like you, you've probably seen it in GIF form because people keep <laughs> gifing it yeah. all the time and I even the movie itself is not that strong but that sequence is bananas and I recommend checking the film out okay. just for that yeah well I know it's got like a pretty big fall mm. I feel like even over the last few years more people have come in talking about yeah it, but have you seen like, christopher walken's communion i have seen communion, <laughs> okay. so, and i quite like communion communion is <laughs> it's um, really funny christopher walken naked dancing with some yeah, grace this is based on the infamous you yep. know, true true novel you <laughs> well know. both of those movies are not being released this week yeah. but i believe they're available at they are, Video. Yeah, yep, so check them out yeah. um another film that's being released that getting ready for the holiday season is fright from show factory yeah fright being a kind of proto Halloween slasher film. It's like yep. babysitter in a house being chased by a madman uh, which stars Susan George. Yeah. Uh, the uh, top of just like histrionic actor. So yeah. I've actually never seen this one. Yeah, me neither. I know it's got a pretty big following. Mm-hmm. Um, people love Susan George, though, from that Do they? Too. Like, yeah, I, I didn't really know much about her, frankly. I was mm-hmm. kinda, until I saw some Venom. No, did you ever see Venom? I haven't seen Venom, the snake movie. Yeah, the yeah. one where it's her and Oliver yeah. Reed trapped no. in a house packed with snakes and they're holding oh, kids yeah, hostage. Yeah, yeah. No, Very I good. I, I saw her in the house where evil dwells, which mm, is never like heard a of that one. proto J horror kind yeah. of movie, but like, you know, made by an American company. Mm-hmm. But it's about like an American couple that moves to like a haunted house. It's like the grudge or something. I mean, yeah, like yeah, a haunted yeah. Haunted house in Japan and like. Oh, in Japan. And everything. Yeah, I have yeah, to write that down. I have to check that and out. And it's got like samurai where like there was like a samurai that like killed his wife like centuries before. So back on the classics path, we have Major in the Minor, a Billy Wilder picture putting it. Yeah. Put out by Arrow Video that stars Ginger Rogers and everyone's favorite alcoholic, Ray Milan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen this one. No. Uh, um, a lot of people like. I guess people a little bit older than us, uh, they love Billy Wilder. Billy and Billy Wilder is, so popular. is good. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the way that people talk about him, I've, I've never been able to get into his films. Like, I love The Apartment. Mm-hmm. I love the one he made. Ah, the the um, name is escaping me about, like, the Pepsi Cola executive that's trying to, like, uh, figure out his family life. Ah, Billy Wilder heads are like, uh, how do you uh, not remember the name of the title? <laughs> yeah, shaking uh. their head. But uh, it's real nice that uh, Arrow is doing this. I guess like they're all like the any Billy Wilder, any Billy Wilder title. They're like we're putting it out. Yeah, I mean it's on their Arrow Academy line, oh. loaded with extras. Yeah, really nice set. Better than Criterion these days. I'm gonna Honestly, say it, yeah. Arrow Academy. Yeah, they go like. 
and all out. cheaper too than <gasps> too. yep so you know maybe i gotta check out the major and the minor yeah. it's one thing you don't really hear talked about no, that much. that's the thing it's one of his more underseen ones. Mm-hmm. i mean maybe not for like true billy wilder fans but yeah. you know it doesn't get the same level of like notice as someone mm-hmm. hot or sunset boulevard or stuff like that i know i love sunset boulevard me too yeah not sunset a big boulevard fan of uh like, something like it hot sick. though oh, okay. okay yeah i know i know controversial no, opinion that's, that's fine i mean i yeah i like it it's fun <laughs> <laughs> One of us is taking the yeah, more diplomatic <laughs> tact. Um, as far as new releases go, I don't know what this is. Holocaust released by Paramount. Is it a miniseries? Yeah, so this is a really popular hmm. 70s miniseries. Okay, that's Meryl, what I thought it was. Meryl yeah. Streep uh, and James Woods. And, <laughs> it's a James Woods uh, week. Vampires, Holocaust. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. man, James Wood in a Holocaust <laughs> miniseries? So it's like, yeah, like a six-hour Holocaust <laughs> miniseries that's just always been insanely popular on DVD. Yeah. And now, I guess, you know. It's interesting. All these companies are putting out, like, TV miniseries on Blu-ray now. I, they like, obviously figured out there's a market for that's it. That's yeah. thing. There's definitely a market they sell. You know that Paramount was like, oh man, we can't just release one thing. We've got to release <laughs> yeah. two. So we're putting out the stand. Yeah. So we're going to put out Holocaust. the Holocaust yeah, too. Yeah, those will make a good <laughs> Those will make a good double bill. Yeah. 12 hours of yeah. pure misery. That's real Paramount weekend. we got yeah. 20th anniversaries, TV miniseries. Yeah, we've never mentioned Paramount wow. once on the podcast yeah, before. Go Paramount. Go Paramount. <laughs> yeah, they need our support. Yeah. Um, Skin is being released by Lionsgate. Yeah. And this is a film starring Jamie Bell as a destitute young man raised by racist skinheads who turns his back on hatred and violence to transform his life with the help of a black activist and the woman yeah. he loves. I don't know these skinhead movies, you know. Like, <laughs> there was a wave like, of skinhead movies, right? Was like, yeah, like, uh, I remember for a time there were some good ones, like that Ryan Gosling film, The Believer. Oh, that was like, ages ago, that yeah. That was a long time. But even, like, I know Shane Meadows with, like, This is England. That was yes. a really excellent film. Well, there was, like, that been... Daniel Radcliffe goes undercover. Oh, which I actually quite like. It's oh, really? trashy, but it's... What it's is it called? Fun. Imperium, yeah. Imperium. It's a good thriller. Um, so this one, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I played Tiff a couple yeah, years it's, ago. It's kind of like, I could watch Skin, or I could watch green room again yeah. <laughs> so so i don't know i hear good things about jamie bell's performance i'm sure he's People great like him. yeah yeah but you know you, you know you, in the time we're living into in. that you know skinhead for yeah sure. but yeah also in the time we're living in what like to what end are these movies yeah. even serving anymore like i'm sure it's a good look at like you know the psychology of yeah skinhead. of like and the cult lifestyle yeah. right of deprogramming and the, how that works exactly so I, I mean i haven't seen it so i can't say i, I know mm-hmm. it got some decent reviews but um i don't know yeah in a time when you know skinheads are more and more visible just in real life yeah you know they're human beings what, too yeah you know like these this kind of psychoanalyzing them well i think can be necessary. Yes. I think you got to be really careful about mm-hmm. the way you're doing it. But all right. Well, I mean, something not as controversial: a documentary on Pavarotti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody loves Isn't Pavarotti. He controversial though. I don't know. Is he? So, oh, probably. He's got like some controversial skeleton in the closet. Yeah, I don't know. Uh oh. All right. Let's keep moving. Then. Well, whatever. This is Ron Howard's uh, very Ron know, Howard. Popular. Yeah, Ron Howard made this. Movie, I did not right? know yeah. that. <laughs> Ron Howard is a director. Like I did a podcast that was the Important Cinema Club, and it's like infamous because because I watched 20 of his films, like, <laughs> looking for the one that I'm like, this is the great one. This yeah. is why, like, Ron Howard, like, he talks the talk, and yeah. this is the one that he delivered. Never happened. Never. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, Apollo 13, it's fun. Yeah, people mention Rush. Yeah. But he made, like, he is the definition of Back the middle. Draft. Backdraft. <laughs> Backdraft has some good effects in it. But I could watch Johnny Toe's yeah. Lifeline, like, which is much better. That's the thing, you know, like, Ron, people. Ron, middle know, Ron of the road, Howard. Howard. Seems like. A nice enough guy. Yeah, and passionate about what he does. 
and yeah, there's some fun movies. I feel like we all grew up with Ron. Ha- Apollo 13, you know, was a really entertaining mm-hmm. film back <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, but nowadays, like, like when know. people when he took over what? Solo, I was like, I know oh, exactly yeah. what that movie's gonna be. And people were like, no, 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 give him a chance. I'm like, I've seen, I've watched 20 Ron Howard films. Yeah. <laughs> I know what they are. I know what he will deliver. Guess what? Solo was exactly, exactly. what I thought it was gonna be. And that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing like the Da Vinci. Co- I think the Da Vinci Code was the last like new Ron Howard movie I saw. Did you? See, no, you didn't see Inferno. Nah, Inferno is bananas. I, know, I heard that series gets more and more. <laughs> Where like crazy. Tom Hanks is like hallucinating the future yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I just saw, I saw the Da Vinci Code in theaters and yeah. just thought it was the most boring, painful experience. Again, I never went back. Why would you go watch a Da Vinci yeah, Code when I you got National know. Treasure right I know, there? I know. <laughs> <laughs> How Give could me the ripoff, please. Be as as National Treasure. Yeah. Are you a fan of The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Speaking of um, uh, films directed by the director of National Treasure, you know I, I have to say I've <gasps> never made it through the entirety of Sorcerer's. Apprentice. How many times have you tried? A couple times. That's like prime ham Nick Cage. I know, but I've got a thing where Nick Cage <laughs> in kids' movies doesn't always work for me. Like it, even National Treasure, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I, I kids' movies? Okay. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice has uh, Jay Baruchel no, as the no. star of the film. I've watched the first like hour of The Sorcerer's Apprentice multiple times because it was always <laughs> on TV for a while. Yeah. So we're like, like this, this is the time I'm going to sit down and watch this whole movie. Never could make it through. It just All right, me and you, we'll sit, we'll sit down yeah. and yeah, watch you know, uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one that needs to be rediscovered, <laughs> I guess. John Turtletob. Yeah, that's right. John Turtletob. Yeah, that's I who the director of him. Yeah. You hate, I hate him. That guy. Wait, isn't he the guy that somehow made a bad film with a giant shark and Jason Statham in it? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, How do you mess that one up? Well, you do. <laughs> uh, you made it. But he's just like he's one of those producers that just became a director sort of thing. Uh, right? I think he was like a Disney producer that became a director. Yeah, you definitely feel. That watching his movies, yeah. um, style. more new stuff. We have out of Omaha from Passion River. Uh, twin black brothers come of age in racially divided Omaha. Yes. This is another festival film. Yeah, and will. it's from the director of Gleason, which was a really popular documentary a couple mm. years ago. A guy with the uh, ALS, I believe. Yeah, I think it was nominated for best uh, documentary. So um, the director of this is uh, pretty pretty well known. I think Clay Tweel is his name. Mm. And yeah, this is supposed to be really really well acclaimed. Just another I kind of look at just kind of how yeah. divided the U.S. is. Right I believe now, it's, it's like documentary-esque as well. Yeah. Like it's a documentary as well as kind of like light fictional yeah, elements. Yeah, fly on the wall kind yeah. of like pseudo. I remember right. this one made quite a buzz when it played in a bunch of festivals. Like it played at TIFF and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think they were doing like a lot of Q&As. So it's nice that it's finally out to be watched yeah. by all. And speaking of that, Yodamine is released by Strand Releasing, which is an Egyptian film. Mm-hmm. And it's like a feel-good story about a leper and his apprentice yeah, going across the countryside. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I'm, we don't get many Egyptian films. Yeah, I was going to ask, when was the last Egyptian uh, That's the thing, film? I don't know. And it's nice that, you know, Strand is great with, mm-hmm. like, scouring the world for, like, great Strand world cinema. Strand you know, is and, a company that I, I'm constantly thinking they've gone out of business. I'm yeah, like, no, is Strand still, gone? They're still kicking. They're still yep. doing really well. And they, you know, they show a lot of love to Canadian films, too. Do they? they don't. They put out one recently called We're, We're Still Together, I believe, mm. which is like an East Coast Canadian film. Was it Strand that put out... Ago, but, um, uh, they put they, out a bunch of Bruce LaBruce films. Yeah, Bruce too. LaBruce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, I... Do they still have a um, storefront? Because that's how they started, yeah, right? Strand 
releasing. Actually, I'm okay. not sure. Um, <laughs> I always liked their stuff, though, because they were, like, obviously a big proponent of yeah. Greg Araki back yeah. in the day. And it, just a lot of really cool indie stuff. I mean, they are pretty uh, LGBTQ yes. as well, which is mm-hmm. cool. They put out good stuff like Stranger by the Lake. and like. Oh, yeah, Stranger by the Lake. So, great movie. Still, great movie, yeah. And they're still, they're still kicking, though. They still put out stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, once a month. Maybe. We don't usually talk about TV, but what we do in the shadows, season one is coming out from Fox. I have watched all of this. Have you seen this? Okay. Yeah. It is very funny. Okay. See, I'm one of the few that's actually not that big a fan of the film. Like, oh, really? I, I think it's it's funny, but I did you watch the TV found it series? A little underwhelming. So I haven't actually okay. gone to the TV show yet. There's an episode where they uh, meet the Vampire Council. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'll I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. There are the greatest cameos yeah. of actors that have played vampires reprising their roles. Okay. Uh, I'll give you one. Paul Rubens. <laughs> playing his character from Beautiful. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Beautiful. And if you think, well, there's only one vampire actor that I'd like to see from, like, the last couple, uh, couple decades. Oh, he's there. It's Paul. No, okay. it's not Paul Rubens. It's, it's somebody else. Think about it for a second. Okay. Who's okay. a cool vampire that you'd want to see in a TV show? Anyway. Okay, so I'll it, that over. It, it takes a while to get going as a TV series. Like, the yeah. pilot is, like, a lot of recycled jokes from the movie. Okay. But then once is it's it a fa- continuation of the movie? No, totally it's, it's a bunch thing. of... Okay. The people in the movie live in the universe okay. of the TV show. Yeah, because they live, uh, it's a bunch of vampires that live on Staten Island. Right. okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but it has Matt Berry, who, if you like uh, British comedy, you know who Matt Berry is. Right. He's the guy who has, like, the very deep, I can't do his voice, but he has a very <laughs> deep voice. And he was on, like, Snuffbox. Right. And he was yeah, on the yeah. um, IT crowd. So, yeah, I would recommend people checking it out. It was actually a show run by Tom Sharpling, who does the best oh, show. Cool. So if comedy fans know who that is, mm-hmm. that is another incentive to check this show out. Out, which makes it sound like I own like stake in the show or yeah, something I know, like that, right? but I don't. <laughs> it's just like I've heard funny. it's really good though. Yeah, it's been pretty. <laughs> and uh, a new film that was very um, derided, not derided, but like, ugh, why is this happening? Was the Child's Play remake, yeah. which I don't know if you heard about the behind the scenes uh, kerfuffle about this, which is that Don Mancini, who yeah. wrote every Child's Play film and has directed the last few of them, was like not informed that this remake was happening and they went ahead without his go which is uh, which is problematic because he's still making Child's Play movies and uh, they're going to do a TV show him and Brad Dourif right yeah and so this company's like we're going to do it anyway and I was like no I'm not interested but then when it came out people were like oh it's good and I was like fine you win that's all it took (laughs) and then I watch it and it is really good good? and it's actually other than the iconography of Chucky and it being a boy named Andy mm-hmm. it's actually a completely different or a murderous doll yeah. because it's all there's no supernatural stuff there's no serial killer it's about like an AI that like it's safety things are taken mm-hmm. away and so what the movie does is for the first 40 minutes they make you feel bad for the Chucky doll right. yeah and so it's like short circuit esque as it's playing okay. and it's also not like oh the doll's moving around because the doll's always moving around people see it like yeah, that's what it does yeah. interesting okay voiced by Mark that. Hamill who it seems like the most Obvious he choice. He's very good. Okay. Mark Hamill's just good at doing. That was like, the thing for me that yeah. was holding me back from getting it. Really? That I just like Brad Dourif to me is. He's Chucky. very good like, as he's Chucky. The iconic Chucky, and it's like as much as Mark mm-hmm. Hamill's also a great voice actor. It was, yeah. It was just hard for me to like get past. The way that I've described it is, there. it's kind of like Short Circuit meets the Monster Squad because okay. it becomes like a, a gang of teens, and it is incredibly violent. Okay. <laughs> like that's good to know. There's a kill where that starts with like a guy falling off a ladder, landing, and both his leg bones <laughs> splitting out of each. Either side, <laughs> and it 
actually like approaches it really interestingly i mean it's still a white kid in the main role but it's like a lower class okay. household yeah. and it's like all kind of like lower class kids and like what a doll like this means to them because it's very popular and nobody else can get them interesting like the main kid has like a hearing aid the entire time it's actually not that big a deal it's just uh, like okay. an element that he has in like aubrey plaza yeah. she's 35 she's not that young but like her having a kid there's like a dissonance there because you don't okay. you don't think of that stuff so yeah interesting stuff. i feel like they tried to sort of approach that in like the very first one mm. in terms of just being like they were you know struggling to get by it was yeah like a lower income family they lived in a big house but didn't they, didn't they? Re- or they, they live in an apartment. apartment. Okay, it was still yeah. like that's the thing. It was still like one of those '80s. Like we're struggling, but we still have like a pretty nice looking apartment. <laughs> yeah, apartment. Like, you know. Oh, not in this one. They have a shitty apartment. Okay, I could have sworn they lived in a in, in a big suburban home, but maybe I'm thinking. I of think it. it's because it looks. It's yeah. like a suburban home mm. split up into apartments or something. I mean, I think it's that iconic poster yeah. too, where it looks like the side of the. That's right, because yeah. it's the side of the house on the yeah. poster, and like Chucky's head floating like over just, it. Exactly. Yeah. But that's just the home where he died, though. That the yeah. kid goes and visits. I was never a big child's play fan i've actually never seen two three really yeah oh, okay. um i'm I a like big fan of fright night tom holland's yeah. uh film yeah which is weird that child's play I was like eh, it's a little long i remember well, when i watched it i do think that my favorite chucky movies are actually the like the don, don mancini, mancini seed of really seed of chucky seed of chucky yeah. <laughs> you're I, a seed of chucky I fan seed of chucky. I, I think re- seed of chucky is where it's like at its best granted it's not really a horror movie it's more comedy you are in the minority but, on that I know, one i know but the meta-ness of it jennifer tilly's performance mm-hmm. like everything about seed of chucky just works i really I like, like bride of chucky a lot too. yeah what's the one that came chucky, after seed uh is then it was curse? curse of chucky i like curse which of chucky like it's like very hitchcockian yeah in a big mansion exactly brad Dourif's daughter in a wheelchair yeah, as like the victim you know, i actually chucky. quite like that one I, I haven't seen the one after that oh. the cult of chucky which i heard was kind of bad the cult of chucky has an amazing like opening where the stinger at the end of i mean sorry i'm, I'm gonna spoil this for anybody who hasn't oh. seen the chucky films is andy comes back at the oh, end yeah. of curse of well, chucky yeah yeah i remember and that. the beginning of cult Andy is trying to live his life and he has Chucky's head in a vault in the door (laughs) and like he takes Chucky out and he like tortures him with like a blowtorch and he's like had a bad day today and Chucky's like oh no not again and he's like smoking up weed and like giving it to Chucky and stuff like that (laughs) so yeah I gotta catch up with that yeah I I, get to the new one this Halloween I'll probably do the two franchises I have not touched Leprechaun yeah I've not seen one of them really I've seen the first one but that's it not even the first (laughs) actually I've seen the last one okay uh, because someone I know directed it but other other than that, because why would I? Yeah, well, I and mean, you know, to that end, there is a Leprechaun collection coming out. Really? In the, oh, is it a repackaging of the one that, It's yeah. like an eight-film set on DVD. Oh, but that means they couple. threw in uh, the Steve Kostansky one as yeah, well, right? so yeah. if you want to, and it's for a really cheap price, it's coming out like October 8th. Oh, I so hope the special features it, are on it. Yeah, I don't know exactly what's on it yet. Because but. there's commentary and a documentary with every filmmaker on the Leprechaun set I have. And they're actually weird filmmakers, because the first one, eh, who cares about that? Yeah. Second one, Roman Flender, the director of oh, Idle yeah. Hands. Idle Hands, love Number three, four is Brian Trenchard Smith. Yep. Number four, I'm not sure. And number five, Back to the Hood, has three commentary tracks. Oh my God. Three commentary tracks. Just what you need. I. Yeah, Leprechaun, like that, that's a series I need to get into as well. Because the first one, honestly. Like didn't really find as entertaining yeah, as I, I thought it was going to be. Anyone like, finds it very entertaining. It falls in that middle ground between like, is it a horror movie or is it like a kids horror? Movie? Yeah, and because I know reading about like the behind the scenes, they wanted it to be darker. Yeah. F- for a time, and then they wanted to be more kid friendly, yeah. and it just kind of falls. In I don't the want. Ground, what is it? So. Uh, is it uh, a, no- a gnome named Norm? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> or Troll, uh, the John Buechler film, yeah, where you're yeah. like, ah, this is not for kids. Yeah, Troll's funny, though. Yeah, Troll's <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, no, Harry Potter. Yeah, Troll's great. <laughs> okay, so those are all uh, the releases that we have for this week. And before we get to our um, recommendations of stuff on DVD and older Blu-rays, mm-hmm. we want to say that we're having a contest. Contest time. Contest! Woo! So the first contest, it's very easy. <laughs> we'll get... <laughs> So this contest is what are we with the Bruce Willis action pack? <laughs> we're going to be giving all out all of his greatest hits. Bru- uh, we're giving out uh, Vice, which stars not Bruce Willis. Bale Vice. No, yeah, yeah, Bruce Willis is not in that film. Uh, Bruce Willis, Thomas Jane. Yep. Yes, it kind of looks like a surrogates type thing. <laughs> yes, but, like, it is way lower budget. <laughs> and uh, we're also giving out Once Upon a Time in Venice, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Yep. I think. Yeah. Listen to this cast. Bruce Willis, John Goodman, Jason Momoa. Yeah. And we also have, this is a Blu-ray. Yes. And it's a Chinese mega production <laughs> that stars Bruce Willis, Adrian Brody, and Fan Bingbing, Airstrike. <laughs> it went under a different title. Yeah, it's got a few titles, I think. Yeah. This is just what VVS decided And it just has it has, um, Bruce Willis' Bruce face Willis's on the cover. Photoshop face, like always, on the cover. I thought that he was also in a South Korean film recently, another like World War II one. It's very possible. <laughs> very possible, very yeah. Possible. I mean, so if you yeah. want, this is, wow, what a night of movies what? it is with um, <laughs> Bruno know, himself. You, yeah, you know, how can you pass this up? So just write, I still love of Bruce Willis on any social media platform. Yeah. Uh, so Twitter, Base Street Video, or the Facebook page. Write it under yeah, like the post. When we post it. Yeah. Um, and then they're yours. Come into the store. First person. You, you do have to be in Toronto. Yes, you do. We're not we're, doing we're not any mail out yet. Out. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> maybe solid in the future, gold. Though. Maybe yeah, in the future. In the future. So but, if you're in you know, Toronto, right? I still love Bruce Willis. Exactly. And come into the store and, and be like, gems, I won the contest. You know? Yeah. I, I'm going to say right now, we're going to be returning to the Bruce Willis well many times. What if no? Nobody writes yeah. anything. <laughs> well, then, you know, we'll just throw them. We'll put them outside at the front of the store and just whoever walks by and thinks they look. Like, oh, is that Bruce Willis there? Nope, nope. That's how no. it's going to happen. It's $100. You put it at the front. <laughs> yeah. You're like out of print. I mean, look at this beautiful Blu-ray. Mm, I know. It looks I know. so good. Yeah. VVS Films, which we've talked about before. Just put out all three of these. <laughs> it's the VVS and Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis action pack. Bed together. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Remember, I still love Bruce yeah. Willis. This is a real contest. This, this is, is a real, not real, a joke. It sounds like a joke. <laughs> we're holding them in we our hands. Really Listen to, to them. Give away these Bruce Willis movies. <laughs> and we'll be doing contests hopefully every week. We can yeah, figure something yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And keep listening as well because we're also going to have like um, just discounts mm-hmm. that you can utilize. It, by totally. listening to this podcast. So, um, as far as uh, Blu-rays that I want to recommend, mm-hmm. I want to recommend a little film that when I bought it, Mark said, you're the first person to buy this. The only person. <laughs> and the last. <laughs> no, I've got a friend who's a big fan of this filmmaker. Wait, so. do you have any in stock before I say? Um, yeah, I think we still have one. Okay. If it, not, we can get back in very yes, easily. It's The Aftermath, the Aftermath, which is the ultimate dad post-apocalyptic yeah. movie. Directed all by one man. People yep. may have heard of him because Red Letter Media did a video about Empire of the Dark, mm-hmm. inspired by the Laser Blast Film yeah, Society. which is where I first became yeah. used to this filmmaker. And this is a guy that, like, 
he looks like your friend's dad and <laughs> he loves to go shirtless yep. and be a hero but he loves like pulpy science fiction like the aftermath is about like him walking around a bunch of miniatures yeah. being like I have to save the human race and Sid Haig who recently passed away has a big yep. role in the aftermath and it is also ridiculously violent like heads are exploding <laughs> like so it's much action in it by 80s yeah like violent, Omega Man and stuff like that and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and the Blue Ray, it's kind of amazing because he does commentary, yeah, like a making of. Loaded. It's VCI. VCI, yeah. yeah. And he shows like the miniatures he built. Like at one point, he goes in a museum. He's like, "Look at all these dinosaurs!" <laughs> and it's all like little models that he's walking around in forced perspective. Nice. So I don't think enough people know about this movie. People know about Empire oh. of the Dark, yeah. but the aftermath has just as much enjoyment on it. And the cover's amazing. It it's is. like a painted like Frank Frazetta <laughs> yeah. of the like director and star, okay. just like shirtless. And it's like yep. I don't think he's that muscled in the sh- in the in the no. movie. So what are you recommending uh, Blu-ray wise this I think week? This week I'm going to recommend Weird Science. Weird we Science. Yeah, I know. <laughs> have that so. I'm more of a fan of the TV show. Yeah, fair enough. Does this have the TV show on? I don't it? think, I think so. It, no, because the DVD used to have like the pilot huh. of the TV yeah. show on it. Yeah, I don't think they have it. But we never talked to it. This came out from Arrow hmm. maybe a couple months ago. Yeah, I guess it just we just missed it. But. Um, it is a beautiful edition. Honestly, I love this John Hughes movie. Uh, it's I don't way think weirder. It gets as much acclaim as than people remember. Breakfast Club and stuff, and it's super weird. Yeah, and it's got a great sense of humor mm-hmm. and an amazing Bill Paxton performance. So. <laughs> Bill Paxton turns into a giant pile of shit. <laughs> I know. He is so funny as just like the douchey older brother in this. Yeah. Something on the Blu-ray that's never been revealed before is that originally everybody of Bill Paxton's gang were supposed to be turned into like monsters. Oh, yeah. And so they interview the special effects guys and I think they have like maquettes and like oh, nice. um, drawings of what they were supposed to look like. So, yeah, this is like the ultimate version of Weird Science. It's great, so yeah. We would and definitely they recommend two editions, a steel book and a non-steel book. <laughs> um, both of which have been selling very well, and mm-hmm. they're just loaded with extras. And it's just cool that a movie, like, it was on Blu-ray before, yeah. just in a basic, like, mm-hmm. universal one. But it's nice that Arrow's kind of given some love to these, like, underappreciated, maybe, 80s comedies that people were just thought were silly or mm-hmm. dumb at the time. So, speaking of things that are silly and dumb, yeah. um, <laughs> we have a double dose of things released only on DVD. Yeah. Um, Saturday morning cartoon fun, which is, like, I'm always kind of flabbergasted when I see, oh, wait, they put this series out on DVD? Like, the whole cartoon series? Yeah. And today, we have Double Dragon, the yep. animated series. This does not look like Mark Dacascos no. or that other guy. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. which um, actually we were trying to wonder, is this the one that's post-apocalyptic? I don't think it is. No? Because oh, looking at the it... back of the box, you see Sonic dressed as like uh, uh, with a cowboy hat. Okay. And he's like, he loves his chili dogs. That was a big part of the Archie <laughs> comics uh, series. Right, yeah. And this, okay, so... this is stuff that like we all watched as kids mm-hmm. and we're like, I guess we're going to watch this because it's on. And yeah. it's so weird to watch now because like there's a lot of like adult jokes in it yeah. as well. And this is actually at a time that it's not great animated no, but it can be really can't. imaginative it's like early 90s mm. animation you kind of forget these shows even exist holy moly out, this but. has 1430 minutes of Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> yeah. yeah Double Dragon's a little less it's 572 minutes that but. is so much Sonic the Hedgehog yeah, I know. and Double Dragon but these are so I mean Sonic the Hedgehog a little bit pricier yep because it's the complete animated series and I don't know how many episodes it is it doesn't say <laughs> a lot a lot and Double, Double Dragon a little cheaper because yeah. there's just less but mm-hmm. uh, they're both put out by MVD, MVD yeah. in association with Invincible Pictures and yeah I don't know these just came in a few weeks ago mm. and 
I don't know. No, nobody's really been touching them yet. But like, I feel like there's a there's a cult market here for these that needs to be explored. Do you have or can you order in street sharks? Yeah, we had street sharks. You did? Uh, that Creek, was my Milk cartoon. Creek, yeah, Mill Creek put out a big box of that. Street uh, sharks. I don't think we carry it in stock anymore because it's sold. Yeah, but we can easily get it back in. Yeah. For a low, low price. I mean, things that sell all the time. My recommendation on DVD is Sledgehammer. Yeah, going back to those vintage. Intervision, Intervision titles. titles. I uh, love Sledgehammer. I yeah. love Sledgehammer. One of the first shot on video mm-hmm. and released on video movies. I believe it was neck neck with a uh, boarding house, yeah. which was the other um, epic shot on video horror film. Mm-hmm. Sledgehammer, a slasher made by people who had never seen a slasher before. Clearly, yeah. I think this was my first kind of, I'd seen a few SOV mm. horror films before, yeah. but this was the one that really like, sold me on oh, it. It is so like, good. I love SOV horror now and it's mainly because of Sledgehammer. Just because of, mm-hmm. you're right, like the avant-gardeness yeah, to this film. It is, is so weird. <laughs> and it's also like a proto-mumblecore film. It is, it totally is. Because yeah. it's just like improv between yep. um, David Pryor and Ted Pryor and you may know those names. He's a legend. Yeah, they yeah. directed and starred in Deadly, Deadly Prey. Prey. This, I mean, we should warn people, this is not like the slickness of Deadly Prey. No, no, this is, I mean, if you can say Deadly Prey is slick. But compared to yeah, Sledgehammer? Compared to Sledgehammer, yeah. yeah. But I almost like Sledgehammer a little bit more. I do too. Just because of its lack of finesse. Yeah. Um, and just the directorial choices are really intriguing. Is like, it a ghost? A scene, is it a Sledgehammer like, turning yeah, into a murderer? What's going on here? Yeah. And there's just weird artistic choices. Like, there's a scene where they just, like, slow-mo pan with a character. I can walking. tell you why. Yeah, dude. They didn't have enough running time. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Just, and like, over it, like weird ambient music. It's like, yeah, it does it not have a hypnotic pull though? Yeah. Like. And um, is it Ted Pryor or David Pryor that stars in this? I can never get the Pryor um, brothers. Uh, Ted, right? Yeah. yeah. He is built and he's he has jacked, amazing traps. He traps. loves to take his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the entire time. He's really funny in it too. He yeah. plays like the quintessential douche, like yeah. flasher movie douche in just such a great way. Oh, so good. It's so good. And there's a great food fight sequence in it that oh, just comes man. out of nowhere. Like, yeah. It's just, you can tell they're killing time. Yes. For sure. But I mean, get your friends together, watch Sledgehammer. I can guarantee you will laugh. And that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, so many bad horror movies kill time, mm. obviously, but this one does it in such an entertaining way. That, like, yeah. So good. <laughs> it's so good. So. All right. Well, that's it for this week of Bay Street Video, um, or just new releases. Yeah. yeah. Bay yeah. Street Video is still open. Yeah, we're still yeah. open. Sorry. Yeah, no, we're going to be here for a while. So. Come and visit. Um, and the address is? 1172 Bay Street. Yep. Make sure to subscribe and review us yep. on... I don't think we're on iTunes yet, but we're definitely on other platforms like Stitcher and stuff like that. So if you have a podcast catcher, which you can get so on like your phone, you don't need to use the podcast app if you don't have a... uh, an Apple yeah. because people are always like how do I listen to it? I'm like there's tons of stuff like I use Podcast Addict yeah. and it has everything that and it's also not as clunky as the po- iTunes podcast app exactly. or I think it's just called Apple Podcast now they like diversify yeah. in some way yeah. so uh, yeah definitely check that out follow us on Facebook and on Twitter as well and check out my podcast The Important Cinema Club I always forget to Absolutely, mention this yeah. we do episodes every week as well and it's like a lesson about a film as yeah. opposed to this smorgasbord That's of great. movies and how many episodes have you done of that? You're 183. 184? We just did one on Tyler Perry. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yes. Can't wait to listen to that one. <laughs> um, Rent Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Do you have it at Basic Video? We do. That is the one to we, check we out if you want to check what out. Tyler Perry movies. All right, so yeah. until next week, my name is Justin Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Video, it's what you want to watch. 
These movies and many more are available at your local video store.